What's up? What's up, bitches? Welcome back to another week of Positively Uncensored. It's your host, Leah. And I just realized recently that I haven't really been introducing myself, which is kind of a huge misstep by me. Just in case I have new people coming on and listening to the podcast, my name's Leah. I'm the host of Positively Uncensored. This is a reality and interview podcast. I do love to talk about other things, but it's rare that I just have someone to shoot the shit with, um, and it's kind of hard to get into by myself. So occasionally I throw in topics that I've been dying to talk about, um, but if you haven't already followed me on TikTok, on Instagram. If you haven't checked out my Patreon, you should do that because I have tons of posts there um, and I keep everything updated. So thank you to everybody who's returning for another episode. And like I said, welcome to everybody who's new. This Patreon thing is brand new to me. I don't really know what I'm doing with it yet, but I'm so excited because first of all, I was kind of struggling with sending out merch. I did like a semi-pre-drop for just friends and family, and it was stressful mailing everything out by myself. So Patreon takes all of that work out for me. Um, Once you guys subscribe and pick a tier that's financially affordable for you, if you want to support, um, I have tiers set up that will send you merch automatically. Um, the most expensive tier, if you sign up for it, is $20 a month. You get two items of merch and also a handwritten letter by me. I want to say thank you to my first subscriber that I have, Kim. Thank you so much for subscribing, for supporting me. I'm so excited to like put back into the podcast and always make things better. And as of now, this full year I've been podcasting, every dime I put into the podcast um, is just my own. And I've been trying to keep things pretty minimal as far as equipment goes, um, you know, logo work, all of that. So I would love to be able to up my game a little bit and Patreon and my Spotify subscriptions gives me a way to just kind of be independent and put back into the podcast. So that's my brief housekeeping on that. Let's get into the episode because I have so much that I want to talk about this week. Um, First of all, I want to say that I'm in New Jersey and the weather here has been so wild. If you've been listening to previous episodes, I was feeling under the weather for like a full month, maybe longer I'm finally feeling better. You know, I have a little bit of congestion with whatever allergy season this is as I'm getting used to being here in New Jersey um, because we've only been here for eight months. So this is our first summer experiencing it. Well, mine, Christian, is from Jersey. Um, So weird weather in Jersey. And it's putting me in weird moods. I'm just going to be so honest. Some days I wake up and when the sun's out, I feel in a great mood and energized. And then when we get these like three day stints of doom and gloom, how I feel matches that. And I just want to say that I forgot about this. Like being in Southern California, I forgot about the impact that weather has on how we are feeling. So if you found yourself struggling lately, and if you find yourself up and down and also 
your mood just feels like it's based off the weather, know that you're not alone because I'm right there with you. I'm working through it. I'm excited for summer months. And I will also acknowledge that with summer and with the sun out comes the feeling of like you're never doing enough. So for people who are already doing a lot, don't get ahead of yourself. I posted on my Instagram a story um, with a poll on it asking who feels so overwhelmed and feels like they get wrapped up in their day-to-day to-dos. And pretty much every single person said that they felt that way. This was super validating for me because, you know, I feel that way. I'm working on this podcast, but I also work, you know, outside of this. I have a regular job. And then I just have my basic things that I want to do for my own health, for my relationship, etc. And sometimes those responsibilities pile up. And if you're listening to this as a mom, if you're listening to this as somebody with their own business, I mean, you get it. Like the, the to-do list, especially for women, it never ends. Um, and it's for men too. Like you guys have your own set of responsibilities that I can't understand because I'm not a man. I would imagine that the responsibility to be working all of the time, I would imagine the responsibility of having a healthy business and being the provider and protector of the family, um, and also all of the terrible societal standards that we have for men um, in terms of emotions and just being that sound person in the household who never experiences emotions, that's got to be a lot of pressure. But talking to women for a second... We have a to-do list that goes on all the time. From the time you wake up, you're conscious of if you have to do laundry, if after you get off work, you have to do the dishes, what you're cooking, if you have the supplies, how much that costs, the small things in between, when is the last time that you had time for a wax, etc. And it's never ending and it's tiring. So if you've experienced that lately and you've just almost feel like you're at the point of burnout, I just want to remind you that healthy boundaries are great. It's really hard to have them. So it's great to, you know, see a therapist. I'm working on that myself right now. I'm trying to get into therapy. It's great to read things that bring us back down to earth. Um, Self-help books really don't help me. It kind of feels like I'm adding more to-dos for myself. However, set boundaries, find peace, is a guide to reclaiming yourself by Nedra Glover Tawab. I've loved this book. It's taken me a while to get through. I'm not even halfway through yet, but I'm being gentle with myself and reading when I can, when I remember. And every time I read, it does help with some of the burden of the responsibilities that I feel like I'm shouldering and that I'm always thinking about. And I also want to say that before I go to bed, the thoughts race the most. So if you feel like that your own self, and if you feel like even when you try to lay down and rest that you just really can't, I just want to offer something that I've been doing that helps me because when you lay in bed and you have your mind racing, if you try to do something as simple as just push all the thoughts back, like don't think about this right now, that's for tomorrow, that doesn't work, okay? Especially if you have ADHD, especially if you're an overthinker or you just, um, you know, type A personality, you like to have things planned out. I don't have very many people that say that they can just fall asleep without thinking about something. So a great thing that I've been doing, and this is going to sound cliche, you've probably heard it before, 
But if you hear this, just use this as a reminder and do it. You know, listen to other people when they say that before you go to bed, just focus on your five senses. As soon as I feel my thoughts racing and like I cannot think of one more thing that I need to do for tomorrow, um, you know, I focus on first, like, what do I hear? So, you know, what do I hear right now? Well, right now I hear my own voice. Then it's like, well, what do I smell right now? Right now I really smell nothing at first, but if you hone in on it, I can smell my laundry detergent. I can smell fresh air from outside. After you've thought about what you can smell, you know, what can you taste? Did you eat anything right before bed? Do you have anything in your mouth right now? What are you tasting? And then after you do those, you go, what can I see? You know, you open up your eyes for a second. If you see nothing, that's great. You know, I see nothing. And you just go through your senses and you know, what can I feel right now? That one's great. Grab your blanket, feel something. If you sleep in bed with your partner, grab your partner's hand, you know, just really lean into the five basic senses. And when I do that, I am able to push the thoughts out because I'm focusing on something else and it's not instructions for my body. You know, it's not think about that tomorrow or just don't think about anything at all or breathe this amount of times. That's just too much for me. So I hope that that helps you. If you're ever in a space where you just feel too much, just tune back into your senses. I struggle with it every single day. I become very irritable when I'm overstimulated um, and bitchy. So I get it. I'm the first person to say that I'm reactive, especially when overstimulated. But it's very kind to do those things for ourselves. And especially with everything going on in the world, like if you pay attention and if you read the news and if you're not just going through Instagram or however... However, you're getting your news, because let's be honest, a lot of us millennials and Gen Z don't have cable. So the whole idea of like turning on your TV for the morning news, that's kind of dead. Same with newspapers. But however you're getting your news, it's been extremely negative lately. And regardless of your political stance, you cannot deny that. There has been so much violence in the news lately. It's like I every morning I can't wake up without seeing some another black child or somebody else from the black community killed for pretty much no reason. I can't wake up without seeing another school shooting or we can't wake up without hearing more oppression of women. And it's just a time to be alive during that and we have to do things like be kind to ourselves and take breaks from being online and at the same time we have to be aware Like if you're listening to this podcast as a white person, we cannot just ignore things because it's not our reality. Like I try not to talk about politics too much, but once you pay attention, you can't just ignore the things that are happening today. Um, And it's your obligation and your duty to do something about it and feel some type of way, whether you hear something and you're writing a letter to Congress or whether you hear something and you're having discussions with someone who you know their eyes are closed and they could benefit from hearing another opinion. It's just a lot going on. And I want to say, you know, keep your mental health, but at the same time, we just have to do our part and stay involved. 
I also want to say that as I'm growing on TikTok, I'm seeing like some opportunities to do ads and I haven't done any yet, but I found out recently that Planned Parenthood is doing birth control for free for women delivered through the mail. And if you're a woman whose birth control is expensive or your insurance doesn't cover it, or just going to CVS every month, you forget every time and you find yourself like delayed on your cycle, look into this because this is a great feature. Um, it was one of the ads that I saw. I did, I'm not doing it. This isn't an ad. I'm just letting you know, because what a great service to make things more accessible to women when so many things aren't right now. That's my spiel on that. Um, the news is depressing. So stay healthy, but stay active and stay involved and don't just push things out just because it's negative. We can't live a life where we seek out only positive interactions because then we are not living in the real world. And then when people have things happen to them, whether it's women or whether it's minorities, marginalized communities, whomever it is, it's harder to believe them. It's harder to empathize with them. It's just harder to understand. So, and I, and I want to say too, that it's okay to acknowledge that you haven't always been that way. Like I haven't, I have not always been an activist or a great ally or aware. And I haven't always been even a a supporter of women. You know, like I think that I used to feel like sex workers who are on OnlyFans um, are taking away from me or like, how dare you, you know, um, lure other men or tempt other men. And it's okay to change your opinion. It's okay to not be that way anymore. We can't pride ourselves on always making the right decisions, but I myself pride myself on every day as I get older. I wake up when I educate myself, when I learn something new, I'm open to changing my perspective. I'm open to learning new things. Um, I didn't used to understand even Growing up in from a community that's so religious and growing up in a religious household, I didn't at first understand pronouns, but it's not hard. It's really not. It's not hard to educate yourself. It's not hard to hear people. Um, and it's really basic humanity. And when we lose that and when we lost the ability to all connect with each other during COVID, I think we took a giant step backwards. That's my that's my actual end of rant. I hope that somebody listening to this just relates in some way or you you can like accept the fact that we can't always be perfect and that it's okay to have flawed thinking and it's okay that we have had internal biases because everybody has biases, but it's up to you on how you get rid of those. And by get rid of those, I mean educate yourself, do the research, etc. I want to talk a little bit about my shows because I've been watching a lot of stuff lately. Some of it's reality, some of it's just regular television, and it's not as fun to talk about without my friend Brie, I have to say. Shout out to my friend Brie. Um, she's been on the podcast, I think, about three episodes ago. Brie has her own podcast, Brie the Black Sheep. We talk about the same types of shows. We bond over these shows and message each other like on a daily basis. And three of our shows ended. Snowfall finale, done. Abbott, done. Something else, 
done. I don't remember. <laughs> She'll remember as we're listening to this. But a lot of our shows are over. Oh, we ended beef. And talking about it is not as fun without her. But I'm going to do my best because I love these shows. And we have a lot of other finales coming up. Like Vanderpump Rules is approaching the end of the season. And for me, it has just been dragging on. Like I'm... I'm elated to see Sheena's wedding. I was excited to, you know, finally see all of the details come together. And she does deserve that beautiful moment. But I'm just so over this season. I want to see the reunion. I want to see the whatever it's called chat between just Andy, Raquel, and Sandoval. I'm not sure if Ariana's there. That That's the things I care about. And I'm not a conspiracist. I I oftentimes don't agree with any conspiracies, but I'm just going to say that I'm getting a little bit tired of the scandal. It feels like the entire show's a saving grace. And I want to be so clear that I'm not coming for Ariana because I believe Ariana, but she also has a job to do, which is to be a reality star and she has to um, exploit her pain and situation she's in and show it on television just as the Kardashians do. And while I think that Tom was unfaithful to her, sorry about my voice, y'all, allergies. While I think Tom was unfaithful to her, um, the way that we are selectively finding out more and more information and the way that it's seeming as we see clips, more and more like people were aware, it's it's just almost painful to watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm really serious. It just feels so fake to me. And if you're watching it and enjoying it, then like absolutely great. But I've been saying this since day one. I'm sure that Tom was unfaithful to Ariana, but Ariana was not happy with Tom. She did not want Tom in a romantic or sexual way, really. Um, I feel for her in the fact that she fertilized her eggs with him and set aside. So I'm not going to say that she didn't feel any sort of kinship for him, but she didn't feel like a lust towards him. And he's too egocentric. He's too big of an egomaniac for that to be okay with him. And she knows him so well that I think that she knows that in her heart. Um, And I think that she knew that Tom was going to step out on her. Um, And I think that she has been slowly pulling away from him. And I'm not saying that the whole thing is an act. I don't believe that. I believe that this is extremely painful to her. Even if he hadn't cheated and she just decided to end things, either one of them, to have the death of a 10-year-plus relationship that you've shared so many experiences so publicly with someone, it's traumatic. So I don't doubt her pain. I doubt anybody who says that they didn't know. I doubt all of the antics. Um... Raquel and Tom Schwartz, I'm so tired of seeing them together, them walking down the aisle, them kissing. It's all so manipulated. You see people talk about, you know, they saw Tom Sandoval smack Raquel's ass. Do we know Lala? She would have said something. Like, had this not been discussed prior, all of these people who 
you know, have loose lips, I just think they would have said something. I really feel like things had to be timed with how they were released to keep all of the viewers engaged in the season and keeping us wondering, well, how did they find out and when and saving that moment? And I don't blame them because congratulations. It's a great props by production and executive producers, anybody involved, the cast. It's a great job. It's a great idea, but you can't convince me myself personally, otherwise of anything. Too many of them are profiting. Too many old cast members are somehow relevant now and being given a platform again, even if not by Bravo through Peacock and other streaming services. Um, there's not one, there's not one business venture that hasn't been positively benefited. And even if Schwartz and Sandys, even if Tom Tom, whatever the fuck it's called, even if it had bad Yelp reviews for a couple of weeks, people still want to put their eyes on Tom Sandoval. They want to see this man who's capable of being such a dick. Certain girls want to see if he's filthy enough to shoot their shot with him. They just want to see you know, how grody he is, if he's really just sleeping with any fangirl. People want to see Tom Schwartz and if he looks horrible without Katie. People want to see Katie because of how big of a dick Tom Schwartz is. I mean, all of it is just too perfect. And I'm sorry for coming at it with that lens, but that's just that's just truly how I feel. And it, and it's getting old to me. It's getting redundant. It very much feels like this was, like I said, the saving grace of Vanderpump Rules. I said this on a prior episode. Embarrassingly enough, I did not tune into the last season. Okay, yeah, I'm still a fan. I've watched like, you know, nine out of the ten seasons. It's it has it wasn't interesting. Okay. It wasn't interesting. And this is interesting, newsworthy even. And Ken and Lisa, as I've said before, they are executive producers. So I'm sorry, but on Positively Uncensored, that's my uncensored opinion. That's what I think is happening. Um, NDAs are a bitch. We will probably never know. Contracts, you know, like I said, not to bring them up again, but look at the Kardashians. Like we saw Courtney and Chloe go through so much trauma in their relationships and marriage. And they had a duty to film that. I'm sure that they didn't in reality always want cameras to be there um, and depicting that. But nonetheless, it's what happened. Jumping into Love is Blind, we have to talk about the show, even though it's over. Season four just wrapped up. We had the reunion. We have a petition with over 40,000 plus signatures on it to remove Vanessa and Nick Lachey as hosts to potentially replace them with Lauren and Cameron, which I predicted this. I said they would be a great pick. If not them, I did see this creator. I forget her last name, but at Chelsea something on Instagram, she made a reel as to why the host from the circle would be a great pick. A hundred percent. Even, even, even Tiffany and Brett, I don't care that they're the new kids on the block. I would rather see them as hosts. Um, their relationship is more genuine. They have personal experience of being inside the pods. And just at the same time, how funny that Amber and Barnett are not being considered at all. It's laughable. Like, I'm sorry. 
I respect the fact they have a baby. I'll never talk shit on a pregnant woman. I don't know if she's pregnant now. I don't keep up with them. But I didn't like Amber, okay? I didn't like them, two of them together. I didn't like him. So they're not my favorite couple. Absolutely would not want to see them host. I'd probably just stop watching altogether if Amber was in charge of something. No. But Love is Blind is having so much controversy. I talk about it on my TikTok. We see season two cast members coming forward and talking about the show in a negative light and publicly. It's debatable if their NDAs have ended. It's debatable if this is happening because allegedly they have not been paid yet. But shit is going down. We have a season two contestant who really didn't have that much airtime. He is suing Love is Blind. He is suing them. I read the 48-page um, lawsuit and you know his alleged complaints. It essentially boils down to um, he allegedly says that given where they were filming, if they were working, they were not being paid minimum wage, first of all. Second of all, they were not being given breaks. Third of all, they were working for too long without the appropriate breaks. So, so far, mostly breaks of labor laws. Um, they also, he also mentions the fact that alcohol was encouraged and despite drunkness, allegedly you had to film, um, food, he said, wasn't really being offered. It was limited food and water with, with complete access to alcohol is how it was phrased. Um, aside from that, there was control that he mentions over social media. A lot of this seems standard to me it seems like other shows and I'm not saying it's not fucked up because it is but I feel like other reality shows have very similar contracts where they say if you come on this show you cannot go on another show immediately you are locked into this show um they they prohibit certain social media postings um the pay is crazy However, I don't know if a reality show has the ability to just not pay at all. Is some pay better than nothing? Can they just make a new requirement that says if you come on this show, you're not getting paid? Like that, that, that is what it is. I don't know. I, I truly don't know what will come of this. But we also have Nick, who was paired up with Danielle from season two, um, you know, coming forward, and he also claims that they were not paid minimum wage. They have not been paid yet. They were not offered um, therapy during filming nor after, so no mental health assistance, allegedly. Um, he also talks about the fact that your partner is kept isolated from you. If you have not listened to my episode with Danielle Rule, you need to go back and do so because she talks about this a lot. Like, and and she was like fresh from the show when we talked. We talk about the fact that she was kept from her partner. We also talk about the fact that scenes from a different thing going on were used as if something else was happening. So the editing is a bitch. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious to see if Danielle and Nick kind of jump on board with the lawsuits and if more come out of the woodworks or if this is going to kind of be an open shut case because Netflix is denying liability. Let me know what you all think. Let me know if you think this is going to change anything for reality television or if everything's going to stay the same and if this really has no grounding because first of all Netflix is a billion dollar company and second of all because 
we all kind of did think that talents, when they sign up, don't have freedom. And it's not right by any means. But this really shows that and might make people more skeptical of going on the show. I I think this would make me skeptical of going on that show, especially. Let's take a break really quick, and we'll be right back. Bachelor in Paradise is coming soon, and so is Charity Season of Bachelorette. And I am excited for both. I can't even decide which I'm more excited for, but I honestly love Bachelor in Paradise so much um, just because we get to see so many different relationships develop as opposed to just one. But I am excited for Charity to have her moment. I'm excited for her season and the small little like clips we've been seeing of it ahead of time just make me super excited for her and the men that they picked for her season. Like, let's talk about the men because it seems so far like it's a pretty good selection. I want to get into some predictions for paradise and I don't have very many but I do have a few people who I definitely think are going so hopes are that a lot of girls from Zach's season are going to be there because they just didn't get enough time there are some people who went home almost night one that I just wanted to see more of an example is Olivia Lewis I wanted to see more of Olivia. She's gorgeous. She seemed so nice. Like the fact they brought her to the reunion, I'm like, okay, like bring her to the beach. So I want to see Olivia Lewis there. I could see her with Avon Jones. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but I could see her with Avon. Aesthetically, they would be a beautiful couple. But Avon is so soft-spoken, if you remember him, from Rachel and Gabby's season. Um, He chose Rachel, and he was dating Rachel. Um, Avon's energy was, like, sexy yet subtle and soft. And from what we've seen of Olivia, her energy is sweet, but... She remind like she has to be a fire sign. Like she's got that spice that Ava needs. Like he needs someone who's going to um like speak up and keep things alive, keep things happening. So I think they would be super cute. Also, I saw a picture of them on Instagram, both holding puppies, and I'm like, okay, immediate match. I want to see Kylie there a hundred percent. And I have a couple of picks for Kylie because I could see her with someone like Tyler Norris on a personality level. I think they would be great. He's hot. She's hot. I would like that. But I could also see her with Nate Akalu, the tall, tall guy from Michelle's season. I could see them together too. Now, Kylie deserves the best though. So like, let's be clear. It would have to be if Nate's not a fuckboy. And I hope that he's not, but that would be the that would be the premise on that. I'm also hoping that Rodney comes back to the beach. And I don't know why, but I kind of feel like Rodney would get along with Kat. Though like Kat with a C, Kat Carter. I think Rodney and her would get along. She's sweeter than Lace was, and he was into Lace, and I could just kind of see them together. But if not, obviously the other pick for Kat is Meatball. I think Meatball will probably be there. And considering Kat ate a plate of meatballs during Zach's season, 
she's kind of like Meatball too. It's like Meatball 1 and 2, like the two Meatballs in the sub. I could see them both being there. Um, and getting along, if nothing more than just reviews, um, they could just have a genuine connection because he's goofy, she's goofy. They have the same sort of aura. I definitely think that Logan's going to be there. Nothing worked out for him from season, from the last time. And I checked out his Instagram. I don't think he's dating anybody. I think he's going to be a hot commodity too. Like, let's be real. Logan looks way better now. I'm looking at a picture of him as I'm saying this. His haircut is good. His music is even good. Like, Logan's not corny. He's really not. Like, people thought that he was, like, stupid and corny and, like, a fuckboy. I've always liked him. And shout out to Ashley from Ash Talks Batch because she's been on my podcast before and we share a mutual, like, respect for Logan. We both like him. I could see him meshing well with Greer. I don't know if that's just because they kind of look alike. Or if it's because of like a personality thing, but I could see him with Greer or I could see him potentially with Christina. My only thing, Mandrell, my only thing is that I don't know if she, if like he's her type. I don't feel like Zach was Christina's type at all. I feel like Christina wants someone very masculine, manly, and like ready for children. Almost like Michael A if he wasn't a dick. Like, almost almost like him. And sorry, but I just still can't get over how he did Sierra. I just had her on the last episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen because it was a great episode. But those are some options for him. I do think that Christina, like I just said, I think that she'll be there. I don't know, but I could also potentially see Christina with Nate with a Y. Or like whoa plot twist like potentially Nate Mitchell he has a child she has a child they would both relate to each other in that way and I think he embodies somebody like on an emotional level that she would connect with also shout out to Nate because he was also on my podcast love Nate Mitchell some of the people I'm mentioning I'm mentioning just because they came on my podcast but I don't care we are biased in this bitch Um, Andrew Spencer will probably be there. Like, I love Andrew's personality, but Andrew is just, like, always there. Like, it's, like, not that big of a question. Like, will Andrew be there? He's always at bachelor events. Like, Andrew will probably be there. Um, I don't know who I can see him with yet. I'm going to be honest. Like... I'm going to pause on that. Like, I I don't know who I can see him with. Kat Izzo will definitely be there. Um, Her and Johnny might match up. She might have a thing for Logan as well. Like I said, I think Logan's going to be a hot commodity. I really, really do. I think Rodney's going to be there. I think Rodney, personality-wise, surprisingly would get along with Brooklyn. I really do think that they would get along. I feel like Jess, Rodney's really cute, but I feel like Jess may be a little too vain from this season to go after Rodney, but personality-wise, her and Rodney would get along well. They both have very soft and subtle personalities, so I can see them being a good match for each other. I hope Rodney gets a good pick. I hope that Davia is there. She was also sent home early. I 
don't even care who she matches up with. I just want to see her there. We barely saw anything of her, and it looks like from Instagram she's close with some of the girls from this season. I want to see her. I want to see Sonia purely because I want to see Jesse's reaction for her. Not purely. There's so many reasons, but I want to see her because, first of all, Jesse's reaction to when she called him and said, you know, go back to ESPN. I want to see that. I want to see like some sort of pun on that, like a face off when they see each other, like just a little comment about it. Um, But also, like I just said about Davia, sent home way too early. And her TikToks are funny. That's the thing. A lot of these girls' TikToks are funny. Same with Kat um, with a C. Like that makes me want them to be back on the show. I could see Sonia with Jacob Rapini. I'm looking up his Instagram right now. Blonde, tall, like super eccentric. I feel like what we know of Sonia, she's super eccentric. I feel like they would be a potential match with each other. And I'm trying to think of any other guys that I think, I mean, Johnny DeFlippo will absolutely be there. He's going to be a hot commodity too. Um, I could see anybody wanting to be with him, but I could also see him and Greer potentially for some reason. I don't know why. Or maybe Brooklyn. I mean, last person Johnny was with was Victoria F. And Victoria is spicy. With that being said, maybe Sonia because Sonia seems spicy. Maybe Olivia. Those are some predictions. If you guys have any predictions, let me know what you think. Those are the for sures. I hope that Rachel and Michelle do come. I would just be so interested to see their love story because they are OGs. So yes, I want to see them. I would like to see them find a genuine connection. Um, I don't know how I feel about Paradise. After After knowing and talking with Sierra, for example, and like realizing that a lot of people establish connections before they get to the beach. When I didn't podcast, when I knew nothing about The Bachelor, I I really, truly thought it was an absolute shock to them who gets picked. Like, you know, like you show up and you're just shocked to see who's there and then you start connections. When in reality, it seems like the franchise alum, as soon as their show is over, they're all in contact. They're all trying to make connections. And it almost seems like you have to have a connection in order to get invited Um, Or at least be interested in someone. So I don't buy or think that it's a surprise anymore. And I guess that kind of ruins some of the illusion of it for me. But it is interesting because like will connections that were formed earlier be tested? And will they no longer be real because they've met someone else who looks better? Like that stuff we don't know. So I'm excited for that. I also think that by the time these roll out, like Mike Fleiss is gone. So let's see the direction that The Bachelor takes on. Like, let's just see if we can feel a difference in these upcoming seasons. Having switched out stale, old, racist blood with somebody who's hopefully a better CEO of the entire franchise. Let's talk briefly, briefly about Summer House. It's season seven of Summer House, and I'm really struggling to stay connected. Shout out to Sam and shout out to Gabby because they're keeping me involved. This whole Danielle and Lindsay drama, it's a lot. 
like and I and similar to Vanderpump, I just can't help but think that this, you know, long friendship like their drama is just being aggravated for television. I'm sure that it's legit, but it's also induced by heavy drinking. Okay, like all of their arguments are when intoxicated. Um, It's induced by being in the same environment and, you know, poking at things, asking certain questions. I'm just tired of it. Like it's a different vibe because we're, we're looking at like hostile friendships. It didn't used to be that way. And like I said, shout out to Sam, Gabby. Corey even for just keeping it fun and keeping it like the old summer house but I don't really care about their friendship drama to be honest I would rather see them see more parties like Kyle's like it just used to be about them getting fucked up and about who's hooking up with who not about like all of this like minor bullshit like it's like two women in their 30s or almost in their 30s yelling at each other just get a fucking grip and to be fair as someone who hasn't always been a Lindsay Hubbard stan or fan I'm supporting her in this I like Danielle I'm sure that she's a great person but she's suffering right now from her own relationship and whatever is going on with her. Like Carl nailed it when he said early on, she's projecting because of her relationship. She's projecting because of whatever app she's working on and how stressful it is. And it's just kind of hard to watch because, you know, that can't feel good. Um, And it doesn't feel like there's any real basis to their fight other than the fact that, like, she's struggling in her relationship and projecting and not really either one of them being a bad friend or hating each other. So it's hard to watch because um, it's similar to when Carl was drinking when he was not well. You know, like, sometimes it was just uncomfortable because you know that someone is just going through a fuck of a time, and that's how it feels. But... Gabby Prescott, Sam Fahair, they keep the show fun. They keep it light. I did like this last episode where we got to see Sierra, Paige, and Amanda take the fertility test. I thought it was super amicable that, you know, all of them did it together just to support Amanda. And then once Sierra and Amanda got their results back and both of them did have low egg counts, it was just it just resonated because one I'm 28. Maybe I should take that test. And number two, Sierra nails it when she says that as a woman to have that choice stripped away, it's devastating. It's just devastating. Like if you have a choice as to whether or not you have a child or when you have a child, there's freedom and there's peace to that. And if you don't get that choice and you don't get to play a hand in your own like production of a family that that is a lot to deal with both emotionally physically um to future partners that you're with like in future relationships that's a lot so I appreciate them showing that side in summer house to be real so there are nuggets of the episodes where I tune in and I'm like okay this is good I'm living for this and then at other times I'm like I really truly miss seasons one through three a lot I 
am loving Yellow Jackets. If you haven't checked out Yellow Jackets, you need to. It's on Showtime. You can get the add-on through Amazon Prime. I think it might even just be on Amazon Prime because I think I have friends who watch that don't have the Showtime add-on. I'm watching through Paramount. And every episode, I just get more and more confused and we get further away from the plot in terms of what's happening, but not in a way that makes me not want to watch the show. I'm just more and more confused and wanting to see the next episode and what's happening. I'm excited because I'm hopefully going to interview someone from the show. I'm working on it. I'm not going to give any huge spoilers right now because, like I said, it's in the works. Don't want to jinx it. All good vibes. But when I have that gathered, I'll let you guys know. And if you're not watching the show, get on it so that when I have these podcast episodes with guests, you can know what they're talking about. You can appreciate the behind the scenes. Um, I do think the next episode is going to be very hard for me to watch. I think it's going to depict a very traumatic birth for Shauna, um, which I am not looking forward to. I've said this in a prior episode, but Hollywood's normalization in recent films, TV shows of the violence towards women has just been too much. I know that I have something going on to which I'm trying to go to therapy for that makes me pass out, um, you know, in relation to birth or female anatomy and something painful. That aside, television's been doing too much, too much exploitation of pain. A good example is, you know, pregnancy. They make it seem beautiful and great and the births are always traumatic Um, And we don't need to see that. Like women don't need reminders. And if you can't have children, you don't need reminders of the process. It's it's highly unnecessary. Um, And like I said about the show Snowfall, the battery of women that was depicted and how much detail was shown... It's just been a lot lately. So forewarning, next episode is season two, episode six, I think. It might be a little bit triggering, but that's not off par from all of Hollywood and films I've been watching lately. I also just finished watching the new Scream. I was su- so pleasantly surprised. I'm really not that into the franchise. Like, I don't think I've seen the most recent one. I loved this. It was good. It scared me after I'm looking around my house a little, you know, a little bit of paranoia. Like, that's how you know it was a good movie. So watch Scream. It's on HBO. If you haven't watched the new show Beef on Netflix, you need to watch it. Controversy aside from the one of the characters, it's a great series. Um, obviously not supportive of sexual assault or anything that's going on. But the show itself was great. I related to it. Um, it was just interesting. It was a, and it was a heavier show than you'd expect. Like it'll sit with you after a few minutes to just think about how heavy it is what they're going through. But just the most basic takeaway that you could take away is even in something like a road rage incident where you're honking and somebody else is honking and you're both mad at each other. You never know, number one, how similar you probably are to that person, being that you're both reactive. And two, you probably both had a very similar morning. Like, if we could just be a little bit more graceful to each other and, like, recognize, oh, you're frustrated, I'm frustrated, we have 
we are both hurting. Let's keep driving. What a world that would be in, right? I love you all. I hope that you guys loved this episode. I tried to deep dive my shows. I tried to talk about some stuff that's been helpful for me. I'm telling you all the book that I'm reading right now. If you happen to read it, let me know. I can't wait to continue growing together. I can't wait to see like who subscribes to my Patreon and you know who gets merch and when. Like make sure to tag me. I can't wait to give shout-outs and you know do an episode with somebody from my Patreon. I'm just excited for all of it. So I love you all. I couldn't be more grateful for every single ear that's listening to this and we will be in touch soon.